Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Thrive in EDU podcast. I'm Rochelle Denepose, and I am super excited today because it's not just me having a conversation with myself. I actually have two guests today joining me. And so we are going to have a great conversation because we are going to talk all things education, creativity, student engagement, and fun and learning. So before I talk too much, I just want to say welcome to my guests. Uh, I have John and Kathleen Fox, who are the co-creators of Imagine Go. How are you today? Good. Thank oh, you for Thanks. having us. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, of course. Uh, I am just excited to get other people to learn about exactly what you offer through Imagine Go. And before we dive into some questions that I have for both of you, I would love for the listeners to get a better idea of who you are, uh, how you got to where you are today. And so, Kathleen, I'm going to start with you. If, you know, if people wanted to know, how did you get to where you are today? What's your background? What's your experience? Uh, what could you tell them? Oh, thanks. Thanks. And thanks for the opportunity of being um, a part of this. We, we're excited to, to have uh, connect with your listeners and, and um, share what what we're doing. Um, I am originally a classroom teacher. I've been teaching in some sort of format for over 30 years, uh, from being a school librarian to a first grade teacher to um, special education. And um, uh, then ending up owning my own school, which was a, a creativity school that also um, did writing and art. And so um, with all that experience and, and learning how to teach and better ways to teach and seeing how students could um, connect uh, and connect all the dots through creativity and imaginative thinking kind of brought us to Imagine Go. So my background is, is basically um, all, all sorts of education. Yeah, and I, I love that. So there are things, obviously, that I know about you and your work from our prior conversations and just getting to know more about you. But uh, the owning a school is fa is fascinating. I'm not going to lie, but I love hearing the gamut of your experience with the number of years and then just the different roles and spaces that you've had in education. So thank you for that. And now, John, over to you, your turn. How did you get to where you are today? What's your background? I'm going to try to make this brief. So I I, I don't have a traditional education background and I, and I don't really have a traditional education for where I ended up in the corporate world either. So I've just kind of worked my way through over the years, um, uh, just learning things on my own and kind of navigating this system um, to, to, to rise up, I guess, in, into this corporate world. Um, and so during this time I was doing that, I, I also had kind of a parallel uh, life when I was, I was working in education about it kind of on the side so for years i've been working on imaginative thinking creative thinking and ways to to bring that forth um it wasn't always for a classroom it was a lot of times it was just for you know for for students and for children primarily to to really be able to understand how they can become more creative and so for over years ago i started something which didn't work out maybe a little bit too you know too 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 forward thinking at the time um life kind of got caught up with me and I ended up going more into the corporate world. Um, but I always had that in the back of my mind. We need, I need to start doing this again. So a few years ago, I started talking with Kathleen again. Um, she was working with on her school. And, um, and during this time I had actually moved to Europe and I was working in uh, technology. So primarily a technologist, creative technologist and designer um, at that point. And I've kind of taken those skills and moved them over into, well, how can we apply a lot of this uh, into, into an ed educational 
uh, curriculum or a software. Um, and, and this is kind of where we, where we started with Imagine Go. So um, my, my corporate side started going more into things like design thinking, um, innovative design. And I applied a lot of those principles into what, we're, what we see now with Imagine Go. So um, took that, started talking with Kathleen, brought it together. And what you see from that is the initial, the initial sparks of, of Imagine Go. Yeah. And I, before I forget the way you said this, because I loved it, you said creative technologist. Yeah. And I think that's like a great term. And so the background between both of you, I mean, you have a lot of different experience, but I think the words that resonate so well with me, especially thinking about the skills that our students need and things that I'm trying to do more of in my own classroom, because like I was teaching the way I had been taught for years, not that there was anything wrong with that, but it, it worked for me. So I figured it would work with my students, but being realistic as a language educator, not all of my students are going to go on to become language educators. And we don't know what the world of work is going to look like five or 10 years. So I have to find opportunities for them to do a lot of the things that you were talking about, you know, like navigate in different kinds of learning experiences and maybe not necessarily know exactly what they want to do and try to innovate and be creative. Uh, and be excited about learning. And so that's why I'm excited to talk to both of you today, because I know for teachers, one, there's never enough time in the day, right? For any, for anybody anymore, it's never enough time, but we struggle sometimes to think, and I know I struggle sometimes to think of interesting ways to get students to engage with the content or to be excited about learning or mm -hmm. students, I uh, give them, you know, a lot of choices and it's like, I, I don't know what I want to do. So there's like that struggle that comes with like being creative or being imaginative. And I've heard that word used a lot and it's in Imagine Go, of course. And so the first question I'll toss out there is, how would you define imaginative thinking? I'll, I'll jump on that. Okay. Um, um, so, um, Imaginative thinking, creative thinking is, is thinking without any parameters, giving students the opportunity to go beyond the norm of what they would typically think or the status quo or what they think the teacher might want them to think or, or what they've learned or what their, their uh, peers are thinking. And the interesting thing beside, be, uh, about imaginative thinking and the differentiation between that and creative thinking is imaginative thinking. I ask my students to think of things that could be real or imaginative. Um, and that opens up this huge world to be able to design or create or write things that they wouldn't otherwise do. And I'll give you a quick example. Like we were using an Inventi, which is a design go-go. Go-go's are what we call our lessons. Um, and it was to develop something to help great granny get her dishes off the top shelf. And by using imaginative thinking and, and giving those that openness to anything is possible. The what ifs, I love that component. Like what if we had one student that created um, an instrument that used a dragon and, and that's imaginative. Um, but when you start to kind of peel away the layers from that idea of a dragon, it's, it's not much different than a drone. And you're seeing even um, groups of, of students creating these new types of drones that maneuver much like a dragon does. So it's not that far off. Um, you know, you can start really big and then start to whittle down a little bit more logic. But somewhere between that imaginative component and that logical component is this amazing um, spark that can that that 
that's where innovation will be. It just, it, that's where you get the really good ideas. So imagine thinking in a nutshell is, is um, opening the doors to anything that is possible when you're creating something versus limiting to, let me put you in this box and you have to stay in the box and figure out how you can solve a problem that way. Right. And, yeah. Yeah. The, uh, the imagination part, you know, I, I know my own classroom just sometimes giving students too much choice sometimes like, oh, just whatever you want, you know, like that can be a struggle too, because it's like finding that balance between setting up parameters, because sometimes you need that kind of support and a you know, goal setting, I, I guess I could say too, for students, but then also just opening the, the world of possibilities, like, well, you can do whatever you want and back and forth. But I know that in my classroom, especially in my STEAM course that I teach, students were doing things like Genius Hour. And uh, you mentioned, you know, like, I love your example about the dragon and the drone, but I had a student, and this is a couple of years ago, who just didn't have a clue about what they wanted to do for Genius Hour. I said, it can be anything in the world. Just use your imagination, come up with something, create something. And they walked around their house and they filmed it. And they just picked up like seven or eight different random objects that they found in the house. And they decided they were going to find some kind of contraption to make using those objects. And it ended That's up, uh, yeah, it was awesome. <laughs> it ended up being like a, a back, a way to cool a backpack on the walk to school or to heat a backpack, depending on the, the climate and the temperature. And the purpose of it was to keep them cool or warm, but also to keep their food warm or hot. You know, mm -hmm. like it was just interesting, but that's what it took. Uh, did it work out really well? Who knows? But it was just like, if you could have anything that you wanted, if you could do anything that you wanted, like, oh, but I'm constricted into these. No, you're not. You can do whatever you want. But sometimes it can be a little bit stressful, too, like when you have so much choice. So definitely need the support of educators uh, and students to support one another as well. So thank you, uh, John. Anything to add about imaginative thinking? Yeah, well, I, I think, uh, as Kathleen said, it's just a, kind of this limit, limitless. But also what you said, there, it's a, a lot of times there's parameters. So when we talk about setting up certain exercises in Imagine Go, we do set up some parameters. And this actually goes into things like, uh, alternate worlds, alternative worlds, where we do have, we ha do set up some parameters, but they're still in a different dimension. So in one of the exercises, you design a car without wheels. So the, the, the world doesn't, it, wheels don't exist in that, in that world. So there's still some ideas there where it's like, it's a normal world, except there's no wheels. So this, this idea that they have to, they have parameters, they have to, they have to work within them. But at the same time, um, they uh, they can think how, however they want. There's just a few things that they have to to keep in mind as as they as they design something. So yeah. so there is always that side of things as well. Right, and that is how we've come up with. I mean, I haven't come up with anything highly innovative. I don't think or design things, but a lot of the technologies and things that we use in our classrooms were because somebody came up with an idea that you might have thought, like, "Are you sure that's going to work?" Or I don't know about that, and then it didn't give success on the first try either, but it just shows students like you build a lot of different skills in the process. And so starting with that imagination and it brings in a lot of other skills that are not only essential now, but to prepare students for the future. And so that kind of ties into my next question. So I'm classroom teacher, of course. And like I said, you know, I want them to know Spanish, but I realize they need other skills to be successful when they leave my classroom, our schools and get out into the world. So when it comes to like creative and imaginative thinking, how do or how does having those skills benefit students, whether now or in the future? Yeah, 
Go ahead. Start. You need to start, John. Yeah. Well, there's it. It's a big. I don't want to call it a problem right now. It's just it's something. There's something about out in the world and the in the say the corporate world where it either you know it starts in 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 elementary school, but also goes all the way through um, out there where this idea of, th- of, of being able to think and be creative is um, it's not really understood well by the corporate world. You're there, you're put into a box like, well, you're going to be on the, uh, you're going to be an artist or you're going to be a designer and you're going to do this or that. But the fusion of that between uh, is you know, creative, like keep, I, I say it quite often, you know, something that's what's better than a, uh, an engineer a creative engineer and you have this idea in your head that an engineer it might you know it might be one of these guys like i i always get this idea in my head that they're still like kind of a, a work for nasa and they maybe that's a 1960s version or whatever but you know it's evolved a little bit more but when you put the creative you know creative engineer you're thinking like that's the guy you want on your team he's going to be able to solve problems he's going to be able to think of new solutions and not just sit there and, and you know and, and just go through mathematics and and uh, and putting things together, but really be able to th- think outside the box and make new innovative solutions. And that's that's not really something that's really out there in the world. It, it does, there's not a really there's not really a box for that. Maybe in the, some startups, and that's what leads to a lot of innovation. But in a lot of these a lot of corporations, a lot of bigger companies, they don't have that. So the idea is that bringing these type of uh, innovative skills through creative creative and, and imaginative thinking, you kind of start re- re- redefining that, even at the corporate level, not just bringing that and saying, look, I have all these new ideas, but those same people will eventually be managers and they'll actually run the companies and they'll be more receptive to more innovation once once they get to those positions. So the whole thing can change and you, you'll, see, you'll see more innovation because quite often, you know, I'm, I'm one of these guys that pushes things in, inside corporations and you don't get very far. And it's, it's mostly because of they they just don't want to um, take any that many risks. And so the, the idea that this could work or it couldn't work is actually something that will happen. There'll be more value to be able to, to think more creatively and, and to come up with more innovative solutions because the whole idea. The whole ecosystem will will end up changing. Yeah, I agree. Go ahead, Kathleen. I was going to say we just have there's so many unknowns too. When you look at uh, employers that are looking for the ultimate employee, and they're they're looking for um, they're looking for individuals that can do so many things. And you know, using creative and imaginative thinking, we're seeing that even in high school students and in college students. They are, um, they are more willing to be creative risk takers. They are better at messaging and communicating, figuring out um, what to say and how to say it, and differenti- differentiating themselves between um, being an ideas person versus, you know, uh, uh, like what's the difference? Like what makes me special? What? And you're, you're starting to think about this, like how will a human differentiate between a machine? How can we, you know, you start to kind of begin to think about um, what are, what's the next generation going to bring into the job market? And so if we do uh, make it a habit uh, very early to be able to have 
uh, more creative and imaginative thinking in our schools, we just get we get a a better we get a better workforce. And and especially when you look at millennium generation um, Z's, they're creating their own. They're navigating their own way of working, and they're creating jobs that sometimes didn't even exist yesterday. So being able to have all of these tools to be able to to be a um, self-sufficient person, a risk taker, being able to communicate, being able to come to the table with fresh new ideas, which is what everybody wants and and employers are not getting. And so being able to give that to everybody versus just the people that are naturally inclined to be creative. And to John's point, a lot of times we've got to get over that hurdle of creativity has to be in the way of art and that that mindset needs to go away a lot of times when i was doing kickstart your creativity i'd have adults say well i'm not very creative i'm not an artist but creativity is how you talk to somebody how you do something different the second time around that might work and so we've got to be able to change that conversation and we also need to start to look at you know ideas and failure of ideas and success of ideas there's just like a we're, you know, in public education or in edu education in general, we just need to be able to give kids the tools for a future that we can't even fathom what's going to be. Um, so, but but limiting what they can go out into the world is 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 setting them up for failure. And if we give them creative tools and imaginative tools, you know, they'll be more successful. Yeah. And you said, both of you said so many things there that I'm like trying to grasp onto them. But the one thing like recency and primacy, one of the things that you just said most recently about the creativity, and that is something that I know that I have said before, like I'm, I'm not creative. I can't draw. I can't do these things, but it's not just in art. It's like you said, in, in how you speak to people, for example, and, and solutions. And we, we can see it in all spaces, not just in education, but in life. Like we are at home working on something and like, something doesn't work. We need to use our imagination. We have to be creative sometimes and yeah. use things that aren't the traditional kind of like tools or solutions mm -hmm. to solve problems, for example. So the students and us as educators, like we need these opportunities. And as an educator, like we're in the best position to provide opportunities for our students to do that. But it can be uncomfortable too, especially if you know, you're know you used to teaching a certain way like I was, or you don't really know what resources are out there, uh, what the benefits are. And so you know, we've been talking a lot about like, how this benefits students, uh, you know, the importance of developing these skill sets. Cause like you said, I mean, there were jobs like yesterday, this job didn't exist and today, Hey, we have this job that's available. Like awesome. So you have to be able to adapt to everything that's changing. So we know the benefits for students, but how does imaginative and how does creative thinking, like what are the benefits in it for, for teachers, for all educators? Ooh, can I jump on this one? <laughs> yeah, yeah, of course. <laughs> okay. So um, a little bit of, and you're going to see me get like all like jazzed because um, so, you know, we both, have, we, we've been teaching for a long time and just like you were saying, you know, you roll out of your university program, you're ill-equipped for what you're going to be tossed into. Um, that thankfully is beginning to change and things are not, so much theory, but realistic things of, you know, how as easy as how to have a successful parent teacher conference, you know, how to design your classroom. So it's inviting, how to engage students and motivate them. Those are the things that it's really nice in the last decade to see that um, instructors are teaching students and, and soon to be teachers out in the world, how to do these things. And so, but 
as teachers, we, we sometimes get into that, that comfort zone of doing things the same way over and over again. And technology is kind of like, um, uh, kind of pushed us along in different ways. And, and there's always something, as you know, that's always being brought into the districts or into your school that you have to learn. And it's like, oh, one more thing. Um, one of the things that I get so excited about with imaginative and creative thinking and, and, and Imagine Go is that we're seeing teachers becoming less of that instructor who feels like they have to be talking. Like if a teacher is not talking, they're not doing their job. And, and that's a mindset that teachers have to step away from too. Um, and, and what we're seeing is that by allowing students to, to be creative thinkers, that makes the teacher more of a coach, um, a, a cheerleader, uh, what they used to say, guide on the side. Um, and we're seeing a shift in the way teachers are teaching. We're seeing a shift in the questions that teachers are, are asking and how they cheerlead. Not that's great, but tell me more. Um, give me some more details. How does this work? Which engages the student to really think in the way of details. Um, and there's just there, there's like an easy goingness. You have teachers that are already in the creative process. They have a creative classroom already, but those teachers that are maybe a little bit more structural or um, that like a, a specific way for their classroom to be, we're seeing them to take a step back and be, and, and there's a wow factor. There's a surprise factor um, there that, oh, wow, my, I, I can let go of some of this control. I can let my kids be very open-minded about their ideas and it's benefiting the teachers as well. Um, we're also seeing that, especially with some of the younger students, that teachers who may have question the ability of maybe one or two of their students after using Imagine Go and seeing the creative and imaginative thinking process, they're surprised. Maybe their student is not a strong reader. Maybe they're struggling in math. Maybe they're a, a discipline problem, but they'll create this amazing 10 word story or they will create um, a suitcase or a, a, a backpack that can literally follow the student to the classrooms, these incredible ideas that kids are coming up with. And that gives them a little bit more faith in, oh, well, okay, well, you know, there is something there. Um, so we're, we're seeing all these amazing things happen from teach from the teaching standpoint. Um, and the one thing is uh, that we always hear is like, teachers will say, well, that was so much fun. I had such a good time. Who knew? You know, they are surprised by what their classes are coming up with and then how their students want to move forward on their ideas. Like it's not like a, hey, we're finished with this, put it over in a box and we'll get to it next year. They're really excited. They are the ones that are fueling the next um, segment. I want to be able to name this and promote it and tell somebody how much it costs. So it's, that is really exciting. And then again, the teacher is stepping back and they're just coaching. They're not, they're not micromanaging. They are letting the kids do the teaching and they are just guiding through, through the process. I, I love it. You can tell I love it. <laughs> yeah, <part>. absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Cause one of the, one of the things that you, you see with students and this, we started testing this in some smaller classes a, you know, a year or so ago is that, you know, for with art, you know, you always hear about art being something that, where you can express yourself. And then you, we have things like design where you can design something. But, you know, it, it, what's that middle ground? 
And so there's this middle ground where children can express themselves through uh, a, a design or an, an invention or what their, or, or one of their 10, 10 words or less stories or um, through a sound that they hear and they want to tell everyone about it. So they, they create something that's not on the paper. It's not, it's not a flower that they've drawn or a paint or paint that they painted or something. It's really something that they've created that they want to show. It's, it's a new, it's a new form of expression. It's not, it's not new. It's just a new application of expression for, for let's say elementary school children who really want to show what they can do. And, and some of those children don't get to do that because they don't have any way of doing it. So it's either a standardized test or it's you know a standard type of you know mathematic test or, or or maybe just an essay. Somewhere in between there is where we're finding intelligence. And this it happens to be creative intelligence that Imagine Go pulls out. And so once we have that, let's figure out well, what, what, what can we do with it? But it's really about expression. It's, it's just a new way of expressing themselves. Yeah, and I can tell the enthusiasm too, and Kathleen, like just listening to some of those things. And it's uncomfortable at first because when you do give up that control because you feel like, oh, I have to teach my class this way or there can't be a lot of noise or the kids can't be out of their seats and all of these different things like the movement, the noise and the chaos is what I like to call it. Uh, once I got out of my own way in my classroom and saw the benefits of trying some different methods and really opening it up to students, it was fun. Like, and it shifted things where maybe you're feeling like, oh no, it's like one more thing I have to do and how am I gonna fit it? Or, and I'm not an expert at this and any of those things that I know I struggle with over the years, but letting go a little bit of that control, it also serves as a good model for students too. When you say, hey, you know what? We're gonna try something different, taking a risk and I don't have all the answers. I think that really does a lot for, I mean, for teachers, but also for students to see that and then to work together in those spaces. But yeah, learning, it can be fun. And then not having it be like an end product and like, okay, we're, we're done. Let's move on. Like, where do we go from here? And that's something that in opening up more opportunities in my own classroom, I've seen with some students who say, you know, I stopped so much caring about like the grade, like I care about the grade, of course, but I was just excited about like the learning and the different experiences and being able to like explore my own ideas. And so that creativity and that imagination really ties into a lot of that. And it, it opens up a lot of possibilities for students that maybe without those opportunities, they wouldn't necessarily think of or realize that they have a lot of skill sets in. Um, I know just in my own classroom too, I keep mentioning that it's just things that you're saying, I'm thinking back and hearing students say, well, I'm never going to be good at this, or I'm not creative, or I don't know the answer to this. Uh, giving them that space to kind of, you know, struggle a little bit, but also support them and then open opportunities where they say, oh, you know what, there's not just one right answer to this, like, or I can explain it in this way. And so that leads me to, I could ask you questions for you know hours, but, you know, so we have content that has to be covered, right? I got my curriculum, I have like goals and things throughout the year, but why is it important that we weave these types of opportunities and potential to build, you know, creative and imaginative thinking skills into tradition you know, traditional, I should say, curriculum. Like, why, why does that matter? It's good. We don't have a choice. Mm -hmm. I, I really, it's going to boil down to the, so there, there's that saying that, you know, we can, we can teach kids um, what, what to think, but we should be teaching them how to think. And so we're very good. Teachers are very good. And, and you can see this of teaching knowledge. We get the knowledge down. Kids are getting the core of what they need. Um, 
what we're what the gap is and what we're not as successful at doing and what we need to be more successful doing is to being able to give kids the opportunity to connect the dots with all those knowledge like how how do we solve a problem based on what we know um and and when you really boil down to what we do all day long ask anybody it's solving a problem how do I sleep a little bit later so I can get to school on time? How do I avoid this traffic? I mean, you think about that. Well, how do we avoid traffic before ways? Um, you know, how do I balance this? How do I have a conversation differently with someone to see if it will result in, um, a, you know, a, a different solution? Um, so we are asking kids, we're asking the world to be more event innovative and more creative, and yet we're not teaching it. We're just not teaching creative thinking. And that's going to make a huge difference because we should be asking kids and teaching kids how to think. And you can teach creativity. Um, and we kind of, through the educational process, unteach that. So um, it's, and it's very simple to weave in. Like we were, we were talking to teachers um, early, or last month and just saying, well, this creativity and, and creative thinking can basically piggyback on anything that you're teaching in the classroom, be it math, science, history. It's just altering the way that you think of the information and the knowledge that you're being, that you're given. Um, so it, it is essential. You know, the world is getting smarter. It's changing. Um, we're asking things much more of kids uh, today, and we're asking kids to be better thinkers, but we're not necessarily teaching them how to be better thinkers. And so um, I'm not sure if I answered that question exactly <laughs> as I should have. I probably went on my tangent again. No, no, but it's <laughs> but it kind of ties in like it's, it's, you know, I, we don't have a choice. Somewhere there has to be an educational shift. And I know that creative and imaginative thinking might be somewhat of a disruptor in education because it is new. But if you start to look back into the history of how we how we have been educating kids, um, we're still educating a lot of our students the way that we did, you know, hundreds of you know hundreds of years ago. So there has to be a shift. There seems like a timely way to do it, and it's giving kids the tools to be able to do that. Yeah. No, yeah. I I agree. Yeah, go ahead. John, John. Yeah, but but and also when we start talking about you know the methodologies that we're using within Imagine Go itself. We do want, you know, we the the teachers are finding, you know, some some interesting, you know, things in in their students, but we also want the students to find passion in in that. So we do have these, I would call them like like grown up themes, but it's really like real world type themes. So we we start talking about one of the pathways on on, on one of the go goes. It, you know, you invent something, you you show how it works, you demonstrate how it works, you name it. You, you kind of brand it, you explain how you're going to sell it. Um, these are type of touch points that maybe for eight years old, you, you haven't gotten before. And if you do those over and over again, you say, well, you know, I, I kind of like this. I like step three. I, I, I'm going to be a brand guy or something like, you know, they start saying, well, that, that ties into a real world experience. That's a real world job that you could have. And that might give a, a student some sort of hope. Like maybe I didn't know why I was in school. I mean, there's a lot of people that go to school that don't have any idea why they're in school. They just have to go. And by by 18 or whenever they end up getting out of school, they're just kind of dropped off and saying, okay, good luck. 
And so the more passion you can find within, you know, earlier on, and you can really kind of cultivate what that passion is, then you don't have that clueless 18 year old coming out of school saying, what am I going to major in if I go to this, if I go to a college, they're kind of like, I know. And, you know, I, I know people who knew at 13 or 14 years old, what they wanted to do. And I was, I'm completely jealous. I'm still jealous of them that they knew what they wanted to do. And so some of that's built in to imagine go like we want, we want students to have an idea, a little bit better idea of what's happening. Not just imaginative thinking or, or creative thinking, but really this, this is how the world kind of works. And, and, you know, I see that even from the corporate side where there's, there are people that, you know, that are still doing that same thing that I'm putting into imagine go. So if the, if, um, you know, if, if things don't change dramatically, as you know, we, we hear that sometimes the job market will change and, you know, corporations will change, but if not, then those will still be there. And so you, you can find this passion and you should, should be able to have um, students, even young students, uh, setting them on a better pathway. So when they get to the university that they have a better idea what they want to do. Or if they choose not to do the university route, they still have a yeah. core in which they can, right. they can rely on and they know what the, their skills and they know their talents and they're risk takers to go out and change the world. Yeah. And John, I, I laugh when you say about the like a 13 and 14 year olds, I'm thinking I didn't even know when I was 18 or 19, or I think until I was 20 in college and I had to make the decision, but that was years ago and we didn't have the same opportunities that we have now. And for educators who are looking for ideas, you know, Imagine Go, obviously, you know, because you've created and you're providing all these things and you're getting into classrooms and you're interacting with students and teachers. And so it, it's providing opportunities for students to kind of explore and for teachers, too. I think it's, it's important, you know, when they see like, oh, it can be fun and I don't have to know all the things. I just need to create the right opportunities for students to get started and then to take it in their own direction. And so my last question for you. Uh, at least for today, is, you know, when we look at, for anybody who's thinking, oh, you know, Imagine Go sounds great. And I, I love these ideas of creative thinking and imaginative thinking. So how does Imagine Go work to fuel those types of thinking? Yeah, so the, the, the general idea with Imagine Go, at least when designing the Go-Go's, and that's Kathleen had mentioned earlier, we, we have our kind of these mini exercises called go-go's and each one has their own focus um is that there's typically not always but typically there's a start and there's an end and in the middle there's nothing it's a it's 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 a blank for, for because you know so so that students can use their imagination so the idea there is to really start with that uh kind of blank space and really go with more into like divergent thinking and usually there is a brainstorming session, like uh, not a session, but brainstorming step. Um, and then it, it eventually gets pulled in to, to more convergent thinking uh, exercise as well. And then from there sharing. And um, so there's this, not every go-go is exactly the same, but the, but the, the process is generally the same in that, in that idea where um, there's nothing there and you have to define it. So that's where we have open-ended answers. We have no wrong answers because it's just an answer and you can determine, uh, you know, a, a teacher may want to assess that uh, we don't, we're you know, working on assessment uh, as we speak because it's kind of all over. Like no, no one, I don't think anyone really knows how very well how to do creative assessments um, that really applies universally. So 
so we're working on something that teachers can do that. But in general, in general, it's it's uh, it's it's we're talking about divergent thinking, convergent thinking, collaboration, mm -hmm. um, and sharing. Those are the, essentially the, the big four. Yeah, great. Thanks, John. Go ahead, Kathleen. Uh, most of the teachers too. The, there are a couple of different ways that they utilize it in the classroom. Sometimes they'll do Thinking Thursdays, where they'll actually do a go-go lessons uh, committed specifically to creative and imaginative thinking. Other times, let's say they're getting ready to do a creative writing um, lesson, and they might use a go-go to uh, kind of brainstorm ideas, um, be able to kind of set the tone for what they're going to be learning. So. Um, so, you know, we're finding that teachers are weaving this in. Sometimes they'll start with uh, in the beginning with their, their morning meetings or their openings to their days. Other times teachers will spend, you know, an hour on a Thursday, like I said, thinking Thursdays. And other times they'll kind of integrate it in to something that they're working on um, to be a part of it, to get the, their students to elevate their thinking skills um, for what they're doing in, in science or in the STEAM lab. Um, or the STEM lab, uh, or a STEAM lab. I guess it could be STEAM lab <laughs> and STEM lab. Um, and uh, so we're finding that you know there's a lot of um, there's a lot of leeway with how teachers can implement creative and imaginative thinking, and how they can implement Imagine Go to fit into their daily schedule. And once they do that, it's it's pretty amazing in 45 minutes how your entire classroom will shift and enliven. And once once teachers see that, it's just like, whoo, you want to do it more. And the kids want to do it more. I mean, right. I go into classrooms and they cheer. They're like, imagine go ladies here. Yay. <laughs> I was just like, I feel like a superstar. Um, and it's so great because they're having a, they're, they're learning so much. They don't realize how much they're learning and everybody's just enjoying themselves. And it, it really does. It's a creative classroom. Um, and it's not chaos, it is creativity. And there's a big difference between that learning style that's loud and exciting, much like you'd have in a corporate brainstorming session. You know, everyone's playing off each other. And, and that's exactly what we're asking kids to do in the classroom. And that's exactly what employers and corporations are asking their teams to do, coming up with new ideas. It's not that different. We've just presented it in a, in a different way uh, to incorporate uh, kids and the creativity that kids have. So, yeah, I love that. Um, great conversation today. It's got me thinking like, gee, I wish it wasn't summer right now as we're discussing this because new ideas yeah. and just, but it's, it's good for educators to think, especially after the last couple of years, I mean, things have been shifting and trying to embrace new ideas and change can be hard, but the benefits can be so tremendous. Uh, and usually it takes us as educators just kind of getting out of the way a little bit and being okay with maybe things look a little bit messy or maybe it sounds a little bit chaotic, but in the end, like what are the benefits and is it going to help students to be best prepared for whatever is coming down the road? Because we can't predict that. I wish we could, but we can't. Yeah. Right. So the best we can do is to give them opportunities to build not just, you know, the content area skills, of course, but all of those future focus, 21st, well into the 21st century skills, like everything yeah. you need for those jobs that we don't even know what is going to exist. And so uh, anything else that you'd like to share before we wrap up today? And I'll be sure to drop in a lot of links so people can connect with both of you and ask questions and all of that. I, I, I would I would say one more thing is that if, if you're one of these teachers who's tired of being always on the computer and uh, students are always on their tablets or whatever, Imagine Go was designed 
not to be that. Imagine Go is projected up on a screen or up, use a, a large monitor. The work's done on paper, you know, with a pen or a pencil. The collaboration is face-to-face. -face. Of course, you could probably make it some sort of version where it's done online. But since we're back in schools and we're and we're we're live and in and in person, this is a great tool for that that face-to-face -face collaboration, that sharing. Um, the, the presentations that we have uh, as part of the process as well. So that students can go up there and share what they've done. Again, the students love to express themselves in, in all these different ways with the, with the Go-Go's. So it's really, uh, it's great to see that. And if, yeah, so if you're, if you're a teacher and you're like, oh, not another digital tool, it's not really a digital tool. It's more like a hybrid because the work is actually done offline on paper, on paper with pencil and pen. Yeah, that's great. So anybody who's thinking like, you know, finding that balance between using tech and not tech, but knowing that students need to develop these skills, but also they need the interpersonal skills. So it's nice that you have that, that, that choice, again, yeah. which is streaming through all of this. So thank you for that. And Kathleen, anything else that you'd like to add? No, I just encourage everyone to try it. You know, um, we the summer is a great uh, time to have a little bit of time that you can pop onto our website and there's a demo there. You can see what it's all about. And I'd encourage anybody to try it and then reach out to us if you have questions. Um, teachers to teachers, uh, you know, I can, I can share what I, I know. And uh, we would just, we'd love more, more people to use it because we've seen the value of it. The teachers we're working with in our districts have seen the value and, at, and in the end kids see the value and that's really that's what it's all about. That's they, that they see the value of being more creative and imaginative and innovative. We're okay. setting them up for success. We yeah. are. Yeah. And I, I think that's a perfect way to end this episode with some inspiring words. And so I want to thank both of you for joining me and thank for you. everybody. Thanks for having us. Yeah, of course. And everybody, anybody and everybody who's listening and knowing that Rochelle had a conversation with two guests today. So thank you, John and Kathleen, for joining. I'll be sure to share all of the great Imagine Go resources for everybody so they can learn more. And then, of course, connect with both of you. And to everybody, we will catch you next time.